Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Student PhysioCast. My name is Isabella and today I'm going to be speaking with some, some students who are studying physiotherapy abroad or um, outside of the UK. Um, so to start off with, I've got two students who are studying in the Netherlands. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Yeah, hi, um, I'm Callum, I'm from Scotland and uh, yeah, I'm studying physiotherapy in Eindhoven. Cool. Uh, hi, I'm uh, Oshin, I'm uh, from Ireland and... I'm also studying physiotherapy in, in Eindhoven in the Netherlands. Great, thank you guys. Um, so I've got some a couple of questions to ask you. So the first one is, why did you choose to study in the Netherlands exactly? Um, I'll go first. Um, well, probably most, I mean, the reason why is because I grew up in, actually I did my high schooling years in Germany and um, at an international school. And then um, looking back at when, you know, when I was applying after after school, I was thinking about where I could do well um, in Europe. Um, and obviously the UK was probably number one, especially for, for English speaking. But because, um, you know, because of Brexit and stuff, uh, that, that's the, kind of the main reason why I decided to go for the Netherlands. Um, I applied for a few different places around the Netherlands, so Amsterdam and Groningen and Eindhoven. And I got accepted, um, and then I, I, I chose Eindhoven. So probably the main reason is because um, of Brexit. I didn't want to stay in the UK just in case it limited my options for doing a gap year or just in case in the end, you know, you never know if the the bachelor will be, won't be valued as much um, as, as the ones in Europe. You, you never know. I mean, it could be still be valued the same, but I just was, was willing to take the risk and just go for the Netherlands. And for myself, I'd say one of the main reasons is because uh, studying physiotherapy in Ireland, uh, it's very hard to actually get into a course. It's one of the most sought-after courses in Ireland. We have um, the Leaving Cert and courses are uh, based off points, a point system. Mm. And uh, so 625 points is like the maximum you can get. And then physiotherapy courses were up to on six, no, sorry, uh, 566. Oh, wow. So, and the, the admission here uh, is quite a lot easier to get in. Yeah. <laughs> because of the, it's a numerous fixes program. So they kind of allow everyone in. Uh, to first year mm. and uh, my guidance counsellor kind of told me that there's other options in case so I kind of just went straight for it and said I'll go to the Netherlands it relieved a bit of stress of the actual exams yeah so yeah, one of the main reasons wow yeah I was gonna say actually I've met like on placements and stuff I've met tons and tons of Irish OTs and physios so I can understand how it's so popular over there yeah there's actually I don't know how many Irish people in this course I'd say we're nearly a majority oh really oh yeah Yeah. I mean yeah I mean at the start of I mean at the start of first year there was maybe 120 students and I'd say a good quarter a good you know fifth uh, were Irish I mean it was, it was you know it was a, a large a large uh, proportion of the of the class was, was Irish which I didn't expect at all oh wow and so this is probably sounds... come and drove. 
This probably sounds like a silly question to you guys, but I'm assuming your uni is like an English-speaking uni. Yeah, well, um, it's it, you know the, our our course is in English, but um, most to be honest, most of the lecturers are are, are Dutch, and um, we've got a, we've got a a building that's got um, you know fit, that's right beside the hostel. It's quite good, um, and you know we've got physiotherapy, we've got nursing, and a couple of other medical courses. Um, and most of them are Dutch, um, and there's also a there's also a Dutch stream uh, physio, um, and they have maybe triple the amount of people as we do. So you know our singular course is in English, but I'd say eighty percent of the building that we're, that we're in, or seventy percent of the building that we're in, is is Dutch speaking. So um, you know we kind of keep not keep to ourselves, but you know they obviously have their course and we have ours, so we kind of keep as an English. Yeah. English stream we kind of keep together I guess yeah so you say um your kind of cohort is made up like a quarter of Irish students what what are they like um where else is everyone from is there any like interesting places uh Australia Thailand oh wow I mean a lot a lot of people a lot of people from the the Caribbean islands cause um you know the the um the Netherlands used to used to um um, have it um, colonialised, so there's you know people from St Martin and um, Aruba, quite a few um, from from the Caribbean islands, you know, because they they actually have some of them have Dutch passports and stuff like that, mm. and they can they speak Dutch over there, which you know you, sometimes you forget about, um, and then I guess you know all over Europe and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of Eastern European countries and stuff like that. Mm. Oh, that's so cool. Um, it sounds so much more diverse um, compared to what I've experienced. So it must be, um, yeah, really cool to experience. Um, so then moving on to the next yeah. question. Um, so in the UK, like you go through like the UCAS system. How do you? How did you go about applying for um, university in the Netherlands? Like, what was the application process like? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Uh, I can say it. Yeah. Uh, well, there's the Dutch application process, uh, StudiLink. Uh, it's like UCAS, I think. Mm. Just kind of apply and receive offers uh, to courses. But uh, for um, the other way of applying is actually through UNICAS, the European. Okay. Uh, Things the European version of UCAS. Uh, you can apply through that, but personally, I applied through uh, Studio Link. It was a lot easier, and just avoided the middleman. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I applied for you know for courses in the UK and in the Netherlands, and to be honest, UCAS and Studio Link are you know fairly identical. I mean, it's you both UCAS and Studio Link are really easy to use, and you know the Studio Link's just the Dutch version of it, so it's quite good. You know, you have all the courses there, and you know you can you get accepted and then yeah you do it you do it from there basically cool so did you have to like write a personal statement and attend interviews or anything like that um no um no interviews but i did have to write a um didn't really have to write a personal statement as much uh, uh, um, as i can remember however we did have to there were questions kind of formulated um similar to a personal statement type of thing where you kind of um, answer questions about, you know, 
what you did outside of school and stuff like that. So they were kind of more, you didn't really have to formulate your kind of a personal statement essay type thing. Mm. But there were a, bit, a few more questions that obviously UCAS didn't have um, that, were, that were to do with, you know, sports related and etc. And if you did any extra stuff, but no, no real personal statement. Okay. Um, yeah. And um, were there like specific entry requirements? Did like, did you have to have taken certain subjects before to be able to go on the course? Did you have to achieve any certain amount of points or grades or anything like that? Uh, for me in Ireland, we had to get two H4s, which is higher level uh, grade four. I don't know, like that's like a C or a D, I think, in higher level. I'm not too sure. Okay. Uh, and then you just had to pass everything else. Mm. So that was quite easy, considering I would have to have got nearly all H1s, H2s, which is very hard to actually get a course in Ireland. Yeah. So it kind of, that's why. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I did the, um, the IB, so um, for, for us it was um, a couple of other unis in, in, in the Netherlands. You had entry requirements like higher level biology, and for StudioLink um, it was recommended to have higher level biology um but it wasn't wasn't um a requirement um but you did have to have at least you know because i um you did have to have at least english uh, c level so basically fluent um or yeah it's some i know some quite a lot of people that didn't go to english speaking schools um that were like from eastern european eastern europe sorry for example they had to then do um, an english test an english language test to get in so mm. yeah Oh, that's, um, that's so interesting. probably it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of, uh, I only ever, like, look to study in the UK, so I'm completely clueless, to be honest, about studying anywhere else. Um, so I was just wondering, like, once you have finished the four years, can, say, for example, you wanted to come and work in the, in the UK, can your degree allow you to do that, like, come and work in the NHS, or are you limited to working in Europe? No, well, um, no, I mean, so I've looked at um, master programmes uh, on UCAS in the UK and all of them have, um, you know, all, all of them have the Dutch um, physio, you know, requirements. So if you get a certain level, so for, for us, you know, our point system is out of 10. Mm. So a, a 7.0 is like a, a, like a 2-1. So yeah. I know for a lot of the master programs, you need like a two one, and and it says underneath that it just says a seven point zero. So you know we can from from where we are, we can go and do masters in the UK and stuff like that. Okay, um, but but can, yeah. what I mean is, can you like go? Could you go straight into the NHS and work as a physio, or would you have to do like the masters to be able to do that? Could I'm sure we'd be able to uh, apply and ask. I don't know if it's like America now because of the whole. Brexit situation where mm. we have to sit an exam, see whether we're up to standard yeah. in the UK. Yeah. But I suppose that hasn't been really taught of at the moment. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Have you guys um, like thought about what area you want to work in or like where you'd like to work when you finished? Like what your interests at the moment? Yeah. Well, well uh, I mean, um, oh, on you go. Uh, the basic one, I suppose, uh, sports. But if I was to pick another one, it'd probably be like a neurological mm. uh, disorders. But 
I'd probably say I'll end up in sports. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, both. I mean, we we have a minor to do in in September, and uh, both of us are doing the sports sports performance minor for six months. So um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But like looking at um, you know masters, like probably rehabilitation or like musculoskeletal physiotherapy or kind of somewhere in that region. I'm not as much of a neuro fan to be honest with you, but um, yeah, somewhere somewhere in the sports area, I'm guessing that's where I'd probably head. Oh, that's great. Um, and so, can you just tell me a little bit more about your course, like the structure? I know you said it um, to me earlier before the recording that it was four years. So, what does like each year entail? When do you do you have placements? Um, what kind of exams do you do? That kind of thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Um, so. The year, you know, we've got four years and um, the year is split up into four different periods, it's called. Um, it's, we don't have, you know, two semesters and we've got four periods. Um, and how it works in the first two years is you do eight weeks of university, you know, lecture and um, work groups where you go into the uni. Um, you know, we've got, um, I guess it'll be the same with you guys uh, when you're doing kind of practical work at the uni. Um, and lectures so we do that for eight weeks and then we do we have a two-week exam period um, and then we do another eight weeks two-week exam period and we do that four times you know so um, and you know you've got your holidays in between so that's kind of the first two years mm. um, and first year we also have a week of work placement after right after the Christmas break um, and uh, and then also we have to do the kind of these PPD hours it's called so personal development hours yeah. Um, and the work placement, you know, you can you can do internships or work placement in that. So you have to do at least some kind of PPD hours. So, for example, um, late last year, Ashin and I did um, Dutch. So obviously, we did twenty hours of of Dutch throughout throughout one period. Um, so stuff like that. But the you get marked on your PPD hours at the end of each year mm. and it's better if you have physio related you know hours instead of just random yeah of course yeah hours um, but in the first um yeah in the first two years there's not a lot of work placement unless you do it by yourself through the ppd hours yeah and um, but then but then it's, start you yeah know. it's only 24 hours set for the yeah the internship or work placement it's more to see um whether you're suited or whether you like physio, like the physio yeah. you are under or you go to the internship to, they just kind of like mark on a sheet whether they think you're suitable for physiotherapy or if you have the communication skills for it. Oh, so effectively, can you be kind of kicked off the course after your first year? Actually, yeah. The, it's, the first year is called the propedetic phase. Mm. It's the system they have here in the Netherlands. So... To pass first year, you have to get 60 credits. Um, but if you fail to get 60 credits in first year or close to about 60 credits, yeah, you're kicked off the course for five years. Oh, and wow. not allowed to apply for any other physio course for yeah. five years. Mm. So then what happens yeah. in, in the last two years? Uh, the yes. last, yeah, you go. All right, okay. Um, but as I said, you know, we've got a... Um, in third year, you choose 
um, a minor. Um, so, you know, you can do minor like sports performance, um, sports performance and teaching, um, health and technology. You know, you can choose a minor um, that the, the, the uni offers. Um, psychology and all that. Exactly, psych- psychology as well. Um, and then you do that either between September and February or um, March and July. Um, so basically you either do it in the first half or the second half of the year. Um, you know, we are both doing it in the first half of the year. And then afterwards, um, so we're doing that from September until February. We're doing a minor in sports performance. And we actually do, uh, we have a two day, two days out of the week. We actually, you can go to an internship. Um, you can go to work placement um, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you wish. Um, and then afterwards, you know, you do another period. So another 10 weeks of uni, um, going to normal uh, class and stuff. Um, in Eindhoven, and then we do a ten-week internship, whatever you want. Um, so yeah. So for the place, that's how the third year is. Sorry, for the placement, yeah, have you had to like? I know you said you did some CPD and le- um, learning Dutch, but have you had to like? Have you been advised to do that? Because obviously, if you're working with the public who may not speak English. Yeah. No. I mean, well. I mean, everyone speaks English here, except except maybe some over over seventies. But I mean, everyone speaks English fairly fairly well. You know, very okay. good. So um, you can get by. It's it's. I mean, Dutch is a mix between English and German. So mm. you you know you can get, you'll you'll understand them. So it's just that I guess the Dutch was a good PVD hours, and um, you know because the uni was. You know, the uni was offering it, so I guess you know it's a good. It's a good point as well that you can do your internships back home, so oh, yeah. you're back home in Ireland. Oh so, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. And the one, the internship, the the ten week internship that we've got next year, you know, you don't have to do it in the Netherlands. You can do whatever you want. Um, yeah, so they kind of leave that open, which is quite good. So they will guide you if you need help finding a place you know you could get a place in the Netherlands in Eindhoven but if you've already got a place back home like Ushin said then yeah you definitely go for that okay so you arrange them yourselves then yeah yeah pretty much do you have to like by the time you finish the degree do you have to have like had one in all the key areas or can you literally pick all of them um not that I'm aware of I think we just we can yeah, pick you, yeah you can just pick you don't have to do an internship in each specific area you can choose choose your desire oh that's quite cool then because if you're if you say like you said um one of you guys said about how you were really keen to do sports you could literally really direct your degree into going through that route instead of doing all the other areas that you're not that interested in yeah yeah but it also be a good idea to do a, a few weeks rotations anyway I'd, I think it's obviously a good idea just in case yeah you, you get yeah. that experience yeah learn like yes. all the all round skills yeah yeah it would only make you a better physio in the end I think yeah no I completely agree with that definitely and then but because I butt in um, what about the structure of the final year how does that work uh, so I'm not too sure of like the months, but uh, it's a thesis based on 
one of the minors the school offers. Um, mm. So like healthcare technology, interprofessional collaboration or uh, empowering health behaviour. Did I say that? Uh, you have to base your thesis on one of those topics. Mm. Uh, and then also it's another placement or internship. I'm not too sure. Callum, do you know how long? Yeah, that's, that, the, sec- the second internship in fourth years you know, a good one semester, so a, so a good six months, roughly. Okay. Um, it's quite long. That one's longer. I'd, I'd say four, yeah, four to six months. Okay, nice. Yeah. 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 I don't know if it's the specific amount of time, but it's roughly, roughly four to six yeah. months. It's really interesting to see how it differs from my experience. Um, yeah, it's so interesting. Um, okay, next question. So. Um, I think this is quite a vague question and you can kind of take it anywhere, anywhere you want with it. Um, but what have your best and worst moments that you've had since studying physio? Uh, in terms of the course, I'd say the worst thing is that sometimes the lectures, yeah. it's not fully translated. You can get a bit annoying. It's not the odd word here and there or a diagram that's in Dutch, but... Other than that, it's quite good in terms of practical. Uh, uh, best thing is probably the practicalness. Uh, it's really, really, really practical. We get case studies um, to work on in class, uh, learning all our skills so that we can be ready for mm. the life, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say you know... Um, it's not the best, you know, sometimes in the exam even, you know, a question will be in Dutch and you have to score out and sometimes, you know, because the course is fairly new at our uni in English and it's only started to grow a lot more that they're kind of not getting up to speed as quick, you know, as quick as I guess they should do. But it's, to be honest, it's, you, you, you get by that, that fairly quickly um, it's not it's not too bad um and then also i think one of the good thing is you know which is different to other countries like for example germany where in germany if you do physio you know it's mostly to do with what you know you go to the doctors you get a diagnose you get diagnosed and then you go to the physio for treatment mm. whereas you know what we're doing is i mean in physiology and anatomy you know medical act the theory that we're doing is you know, we're talking about loads of diseases and, and etc. Things that you wouldn't expect a physio, a physio that um, a physio should know. But um, in the Netherlands, you know, you can come. I guess it's the same in the UK. You can go to a physiotherapy, and they can refer you to different healthcare professionals. Mm-hmm, you know, depending yeah. on what you need. So the theory is actually quite, um, quite, quite good compared to some some other countries in Europe. Um, so yeah. Oh, great. Um, going back to your placements um, uh, and like practical learning and things, so I suppose have you guys just had like the one week so far of place of like work experience? Um, during the summer, I worked with my Gaelic football team, helping out with the physiotherapy because okay. of the, the yeah. restrictions. Some physios couldn't help. So I, I was brought in as a submit a replacement. Cool. <laughs> uh, but but like, uh, it was very enjoyable. Like 
uh, helping out and yeah take one really call a work placement yeah (laughs) no i just wanted to ask because in the placements in the uk um it's 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 very formal and like you're always kind of under a supervisor who who you become independent but you're kind of under their wing and they they give you a grade for your work on the placement is that do you know if you have if it's similar for you guys uh i i think so i think we have like a form that they have to fill out at the end of the placement and give us scores on communication our knowledge etc exactly yeah yeah okay cool and how would you say um covid has impacted your uni experience uh actually we are kind of like a priority course in the netherlands so we actually uh have one campus day a week compared to other courses which are all online learning so we're kind of lucky in that sense yeah Uh, but all lectures are pre-recorded we can watch them as we please and so it's very much left up to us uh, in terms of the lectures but yeah it's nice to be able to go into college and see friends i suppose yeah that sounds quite similar to what it is here yeah yeah and yeah obviously both of you have like moved away from home to study how have you found that um quite Good, I suppose. It was nice to get a kind of be able to go out and see a bit of the world, considering I'm from the west of Ireland. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it was one. That was another reason I came over, because the distance to other countries, I was able to travel a bit more. But that, obviously, that's stopped because of Corona. But hopefully, next year while I'm still here, I'll be able to travel a bit more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, um, even though you know, I was born in Scotland. I moved, you know, when I was eight. I moved to Germany, so I kind of always knew that I wasn't gonna stay in Germany for uni, um, and I just wanted to just um, have a new challenge. You know, I didn't want to go back to the UK, you know, because of Brexit. And I thought the Netherlands was a great option. It's still, you know, fairly close um, to the UK, so to back home, and it's close to Germany. And it, it's good for like Eindhoven's only. I mean, it's only an hour away from you know, big towns, big cities in, in in Germany and in in Belgium. And um, yeah, so I mean, it's a r- really nice area. So I definitely recommend, yeah. definitely recommend for people um, to consider to consider over. it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know compared to you know there's a couple of courses, physical courses in the Netherlands, but. Groningen is a is a very nice uni and a good uni as well, but it's you know quite far off. So it's kind of it's kind of like you know um, a, a uni town kind of up 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 in the north, and then obviously you've got Amsterdam. But Eindhoven's a nice city of around 300,000 people. You know you've got Phillips, you've got loads loads of international people, and you're close, you know, to the German border and to the Dutch uh, to the Belgian the Belgian border, sorry, um, and the area is, you know, really nice, so I definitely recommend it. Um, there's, yeah, also, definitely recommend it. there's also the airport, so it's easy access. Yeah. yeah. Ten minutes from the uh, yeah. For all the Irish people, there's a Gaelic football club here as well. 
<laughs> oh, that's great. I mean, I feel like when I was at school, um, I mean, I've always lived in the UK and now I'm still studying in the UK, but I feel like in school it's very like, you don't really hear about options about studying abroad. So I think it's been it's been really nice hearing about your experiences and I wish um, that I was kind of exposed to that when I was at school because maybe I would have taken a different route, but here we are. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for <laughs> yeah. speaking with I, me, guys. Do you have anything you so, want to add? Um, I suppose I, I don't think we mentioned about the actual exams. Oh, yeah, go for uh, it. Uh, so like, like uh, Callum was saying, uh, each period, we have eight weeks, but each period is based on a different area. So like last period, we had sports and exercise. This period is like systemic diseases, like COPD, respiratory, all that kind of diseases. Yeah. Mm. And, Diabetes, uh, etc. Yeah, then we have, uh, so based on that, each period, we have a knowledge test, which is anatomy, uh, the physical therapy activities. Uh, also, like, uh, interpersonal skills, like communication, that's all tested in the knowledge exam which is a multiple choice ABC exam mm -hmm. and then we have um, the PA the practical practical assessment uh, over the eight weeks we learn case studies um, about different disorders diseases conditions and then we have to uh, we have how long 15 25 minutes in total yeah. Yeah. And we get a case at random, and then we have to come up with hypotheses, um, um, how our diagnostic, perform the diagnostic uh, treatment in obviously a sufficient manner, and we're marked on communication, our skills, and overall treatment, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's a bit of pressure, but it's yeah. quite... And then, and then, yeah, and then we've also got always... A, a research task or a you know a pro a project, product yeah. a project um, and you're always you know in groups between two and five let's say and you always each 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 eight week period you do you know you have different project um which is quite good and then um you hand it in at the end um and now our project is actually going over the two periods so it's going over um you know 16 16 20 weeks instead of the normal eight to ten but um, yes, yeah, so you have that on top of that as well. But um, yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's really good. Now I'm going to be speaking with Lawrence, who studied physio in Australia. So Lawrence, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey guys, my name is Lawrence. I'm a physio that studied in Australia. Um, I studied at the University of Sydney um, and I'm currently working in private practice. Cool, thank you. Um, so now we're just going to go through some questions. Um, so the first one I've got for you is, can you tell me about your journey to becoming a physiotherapist? Um, so I started in high school not knowing what I was going to do. Uh, all, all I knew is I wanted to help people. Uh, and I never really had good experiences with doctors. So I just found physio more appealing. Um, everyone has... Um, MSK issues kind of growing up so you go to your physio uh, just spending time with him having a chat or doing exercise with them you find that 
I, I really found that I liked that interaction. Mm. Uh, so I just, just yeah, pursued it from high school and then um, a few years down the track, now I'm a qualified physio and it's, mm. yes, yeah, I, I still love it. So it, it's, it's just the idea of helping people and actually um, having time to build rapport and watching people progress through their uh, rehab journey. That's what I found appealing. Cool. So you work in MSK? Yeah, so at the moment I am, this would be my fifth year working in a private MSK setting. Oh, wow. Um, okay, so moving on to the next question. Um, so in terms of studying physio in Australia, how does the application process work um, to get on to study that kind of course? Uh, so it's been five years since I've done it, so maybe the <laughs> system's changed a bit. Uh, when I was doing it, there was two ways to get in. Um, the way that I got in was through grades. So in year 12, you have the what we call the HSC exam. And from there, you get a mark, which is called your ATAR. For my year, you needed a relatively high ATAR. I think you needed about a 98.35. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's out of 99.95. Wow. It's a percent... Yeah, it's a percentile of your marks compared to the rest of the state. So this is um, this is talking about New South Wales. It might be different between different states in Australia. Uh, but for me, I just got above that mark and then I applied for the University of Sydney and they gave me the position. So that's one way of getting in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, You can also do the postgrad which a lot of um, people that I know have done. So if your marks aren't high enough, and that's a pretty high mark to get, you can go into like a sports science or an exercise physiology kind of course, something that kind of bridges in that exercise and medical kind of field. And then from there, if your marks are high enough while you're at university, you can transfer into a post-grad course. I see. So the, mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, when you initially like applied for uni, did you have to write a personal statement or go to any interviews or anything, or was it purely just based off your grade? It really depends how you get in. So for me, it was based off my grade. Mm. Um, for other people, so I know someone who is an elite athlete, yeah. and because he competes at a almost national level Mm. Uh, he was he was given a scholarship and possibly an interview so that kind of gave him a little bit of a bump to get into physio okay Okay, cool and did you have to have taken like any subjects whilst you were at school like biology or anything to be able was i mean like was there any specific entry requirements other than the grade for you for me, nothing specific. They highly recommended doing biology, um, PE, uh, the sciences, so your physics, your chemistries. Yeah. Um, it's highly, it's highly recommended. But once you get in, it doesn't really matter because in the courses themselves, they kind of teach you what's necessary for you to know. Okay. Cool. Uh, for, yeah. So for me, I did chemistry and physics just because I enjoyed science. So. Mm. That helps in like biomechanics and everything like that. Definitely. So, um, at the University of Sydney, what was the structure of your course like? 
So my so undergrad was a four-year degree. Mm-hmm. So the way it's structured was the first year and a half to two years, uh, you study pretty much the same stuff as the other exercise sciences and the medical sciences. So we started the first two years doing basic anatomy, um, which is the whole body's anatomy, muscles, bones, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we also went through the basics of biomechanics, so basic physics, um, basic leverages, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also went through basic um, biology, so uh, the different systems, so the neural system, uh, the renal system, uh, what type of organs do what, um, how do different chemical reactions happen within your body. So the first two years is more of building your foundation. Yeah. At the se- at the same time, it's still relevant to physio. You do have one or two uh, units while you're doing the first two years that kind of touch on physio stuff. So a little bit of MSK here, uh, a little bit of neural-based stuff here. And it's all kind of just building that foundation of knowledge that you need before you actually get into the more difficult stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get into third and fourth year, it becomes a bit different compared between the unis. So, for example, my uni, uh, the third year was, again, more study. And then the fourth year would be broken down into, uh, sorry, for for University of Sydney, we would do placements at the same time as doing study mm-hmm. during the third and fourth year. So that would kind of introduce us into more of a clinical setting uh, with more realistic patients and caseloads and stuff. Yeah. And then other unis, for example, uh, they would do the third year just study and mm. then they would do the fourth year just clinical placements. So it really depends on which kind of university you go to. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting to see how it kind of varies because I think here, well, personally for me, so I did, mine was sort of similar, but the first year was like learning all the basics and then second and third, then we did placements Um placements and like theory alternating each semester um yeah that's so interesting so you literally didn't go on placement until your third year well they touch on placement a little bit so in first and second year you're maybe going to placement for a couple weeks at most Mm -hmm. so yeah five weeks total over the first two years so it's wouldn't really technically call it placement but it's an introduction cool and do you have to get like um, a certain amount of hours or do you have to have um, like experience in all the different areas of placement by the time you've graduated? So at my uni they structured it such that you would have to do at least one rural placement mm-hmm. so I didn't like Australia is massive and you don't realize it until you mm-hmm. kind of compare it but we have a lot of country and a lot of um, untouched area so they try to kind of separate us into different settings so there's, you have to work with different demographics uh, different resources and it's it's good to keep your mind kind of fresh so that's one of the prerequisites to do a rural placement yeah um, would the, that kind of be like prereq- working in the community yeah so it depend on um, what slots were available so mm. um, if you could only if you were needed in an MSK uh, setting in a country area, then you'd go to that. If you need it in 
uh, cardiorespiratory in a country area, then you go for that. So it just depends on what slots available for you. I see. At this, yeah. At the same time, you needed to fill out the criteria of doing at least one placement for each area. So one placement MSK, one placement neural, one placement rehab, one placement cardiorespiratory. Cool. So yeah. yeah, they just have to kind of slot you in wherever you fit. Yeah, definitely. So do you do you get allocated your placements then, or is it like you have to sort them out yourselves? Uh, we get allocated, and the system can be kind of buggy sometimes, but mm. it gets the job done. Cool. <laughs> I think that's like that everywhere. <laughs> and and what about exams? So, um, obviously, physio is a practical kind of career. Um, did you have? practical exams as well as like as well as like essays and I don't know um short answer question kind of things what what kind of exams did you have to do during your um course uh so typically we would do a mixture of both so we would do a written exam for every unit each semester you'd have four units Mm. uh, and that would be depending on um what's kind of given to you for that semester. So it'd usually be one cardio, one neural, one MSK, and then a fourth, which would have been either an elective or something that you've kind of need to make up for. Um, But typically each unit has at least one written exam, one practical exam, and you'd have assignments throughout the, Mm. the year. Okay, cool. And what about your best and worst moments of studying? <laughs> I know that's probably, you've probably pushed some of those to the back of your mind. <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best moments probably, probably just being with people and going through the experience together, really. So um, my biggest thing from uni is just all the, all the connections and all the mates that you find. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it sounds mundane, but the best moments is just staying back at uni, studying with your mates and talking a bunch of smack and having food together and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's probably one of the highlights. Um, in terms of the course itself, just actually passing uni and being able to practice now, I think that's a massive highlight. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Um, worst <laughs> moments. Yeah, worst moments, probably the same thing. Um, just the stress of knowing so much so in fourth year or my final year I remember you had to literally go back to first year and just study all of your notes again so that the stress just builds up and just having to know stuff that you thought you didn't need to know just overloads you a little bit but as long as you can share it with your mates and kind of have a plan for it then you get through definitely oh that's good to hear well yeah it's it's not always sunshine and rainbows but it's as you say worth it when you get to do like your dream job as a result at the end of it okay so moving on um so these probably sound like really dumb questions to you but obviously I only looked into studying in the UK so um when you graduated where could you work in Australia like can you just go straight into the hospitals can you go do you find did you just find a private practice what were the was it like you could literally work anywhere that you had done placements or how does it work 
So there are different structures of how we would find employment. There are a lot of physio jobs out there. Um, we're not just limited to hospitals and private practices. There are also uh, physios in insurance, in workplaces, offices, all that kind of stuff. I'll touch on that in a bit. Uh, to get into hospitals, um, you had to go through a different kind of system. So they would initially look at your grades. You had to get above a certain grade to be considered for a position in a hospital mm. because yeah, because hospitals over here are pretty competitive. So on average, I think for my year, the average mark you needed was above 85% for everything. So super high achievers. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, people who would just smash every exam and be brilliant at everything. So once you have that mark, then they can kind of consider you for a hospital position. And then from there, they would go through interviews with you just to see if you are suited. At the same time, they'd be testing your knowledge. So the interview would be kind of like a, a vocal exam. They'd ask you about caseloads and see how you would kind of handle that kind of stuff. So that, that's our experience with um, hospitals, either private or public. Yeah. Um, in terms of M MSK, uh, you would, in terms of private MSK, you would go through um, just whatever job application sites. So there are there are places or companies that kind of put you in touch with people who need jobs, or you can go on to like seek.com or like physiojobs.com, some, something like that, where they're just listing a bunch of positions that you might be interested in. And then you just apply and go through the interviews and see if they like you. Cool. I mean, that kind yeah. of explains, yeah. um, because I know there's a few people on my course anyway that eventually want to go and work in Australia. And I know they've spoke about having to do like entrance exams, um, that kind of thing when they get over there to be able to practice. And that with the level of people that the hospitals take on in terms of how well they've done at uni, that kind of explains it, why that's needed. Yeah, yeah they like to make sure that, like, you're getting care, you're getting proper care. So I'm, I'm blessed to be in a country where we actually have pretty good health care. Mm. Uh, I've heard, I've, I've actually got mates in the UK and they said our health, healthcare system is very similar. So you guys are already experiencing all the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I hope ours is good anyway. <laughs> Um, I, hope just... I hope so. <laughs> and, and my last. Can I just quickly touch. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. So, sorry, before I go back, um, I quickly touched on it. I didn't go through with it. Um, there are there's like corporate or insurance parts of physio as well. So in Australia, I don't know if it's the same overseas, um, but physios can be hired to look uh, to work with insurance companies or with offices and um, corporate settings. To, and that that would be like as a case manager or as a kind of ergonomics officer, someone that kind of helps improve the health of certain companies. Uh, have you heard of that in the UK? Yeah, I think we have something similar. Like you can, we don't um, work for the insurance companies, but we can, like the insurance companies can kind of like refer them to like MSK practices, if that makes sense. Yeah, very yeah. similar. So, yeah. Yeah, we, 
we have that, and then sometimes people kind of take the middleman out and just hire a physio for right. the company itself. Right. So, yeah. Oh, that's really. Yeah, that's besides the problem. Yeah. Huh. Um, and then so moving on to my last question. Um, so this will obviously be more about now you're qualified. Um, but how did COVID um, nineteen coronavirus <laughs> impact you? Um, yeah, how did it impact you in terms of being a physio? Um, so I am in a private setting. Mm. Uh, so we, the it just went completely quiet. I still remember it. It was one day we were completely booked out. We're under the pump, and then as soon as lockdown started in Australia, people just disappeared. It became completely quiet. Mm. So we'd go from seeing. Uh, multiple teens, 20s, people, patients a day, and then it dropped down to like maybe seeing two or three people a day. Um, and then because of that, and it's a, I'm working in a private business, you, mm. you're forced to kind of take leave because you can't keep up with the demand. So I had to drop hours and all that kind of stuff. And then it just slowly came back. Um, I'm yeah very lucky that Australia our numbers aren't as high as the rest of the world so we kind of came out of lockdown a little bit faster than people yeah I think the rest of the world are definitely very jealous (laughs) (laughs) I mean we're we're only coming slowly coming out of our lockdown today this is the first day that um gyms and shops can reopen oh wow yeah yeah I would that would have driven me crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no gym for like six months. That, that I was already gone by then. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of work, so did you have to like change the way you practice? Like, did you move any of the appointments online, or was it a case of literally just not seeing patients for a while until it was safe for them to come back in? Yeah. So we we had all the precautions in place. So mask up, PPE to the max. Mm. Um, temperature checks, alcohol, everyone, um, get your swabs done. If you feel anything unwell at all, just don't come in, don't even make an appointment. Mm. You can call us. The option's there for telehealth if it's essential and you really need it. But most people just stayed home once they started to feel more comfortable. Uh, We got them in. Uh, We obviously social distance to the most extent that we could. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all you could do. Oh, that's yeah, it's just really interesting to see how um around the world different um physios have had different experiences. Um but yeah, thank you so much for chatting with me. That's all right. Thank you for having me on. So, now I'm going to be speaking to Justin, who is all the way in Malaysia. So, Justin, would you like to introduce yourself? All right. Uh, hi, my name is Justin Kong. I'm uh, a third-year degree student, um, currently studying in Ames University. Uh, and I my Instagram is physiotherapist underscore Justin Kong. Great, yeah. thank you. Um, so again, now we're going to do um, a bit of a Q&A. Uh, so my first question um, for you is, can you tell me a bit about your journey to... Um, well, wanting to become a physiotherapist? Uh, all right. Um, so my journey started when I was in the 
um, primary school, uh, which was uh, a year seven onwards. Eh, sorry, uh, I, I, I'm not sure about the UK um, year, but oh, okay. uh, how it's counted in, yep, in Malaysia is we will start primary school at the age of seven, all the way to 12, and then um, secondary will be um, 13 to 17. Mm-hmm. Yep, so um, when I was in primary about um, nine years old, uh, my grandmother had a stroke and um, she kind of refused to have um, physiotherapy treatment even though it was offered. Uh, so um, I, caught, I got to find out that uh, what is physiotherapy because I, I accompanied her during the hospital visits and during her hospital stay. And I went on Google to um, research more about what is physiotherapy because um, I want to know why is she resisting or against um, physiotherapy treatment. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason she was against it is because it's something that is quite foreign. Um, and it because uh, in Malaysia, there's a lot of traditional treatments and uh people tend to prefer tra- traditional treatments that they are familiar with instead of physiotherapy, which is um, to them something foreign and uh, might not work for them. Yeah, so uh, uh, that's the first reason. And then um, the second reason is because I love watching medical dramas. <laughs> and um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so like Grey's Anatomy, uh, Chicago, Mad, and like many other shows. Uh, yeah, so then I got to find out that there's so many um, different jobs or specialties in the medical field. Um, I wanted to be uh, a pediatrician at, at first, but um, after going through secondary school, I found out that my actual um, preference or love is for uh, physio uh, because I also went through um, a period of very active in um, sports and I got to interact with uh, sports physiotherapists, um, both freelance and in the um, you because industry or like um, private center. So I got to interact with them, and um, I found out that what they do is something that I would like to do in the future. Yeah. Oh great! <laughs> I yeah. do I do love a medical drama myself, but I do have to say I'm not caught up in Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I think I only got to season six and then I gave up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to season one, but then I continued with the other medical dramas because it was too much of um, drama instead of actual medical yeah. Um, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So in terms of like going to university or college to study physio in Malaysia, what is the application process like? Um, like, is there a system you have to go um, through? Do you have to get certain grades? Um, do you have to have interviews? That kind of thing. Yep. Okay. Um, maybe I will start with um, the qualifications first. Yeah, go for it. Yep. All right. Um, so in Malaysia, we have um, four ways, four to five ways of um, recorded as pre-university. So there is um, STTM, which is um, sort of like a O-level, if you... Um, count it i mean you are uh, compared to other countries mm-hmm. so the o level will be our stpm and then there is the a levels um matriculation uh, we have australian matriculation and canadian matriculation and then there is also um foundation foundation in science 
And the last one would be diploma in physiotherapy, which is the one that I did. So mm-hmm. you can have, um, you can go through like um, one or two pre de- pre-university qualification. Uh, so some people, they will do like maybe the foundation in science and then into the diploma and then only into the degree. Mm-hmm. Because, um, and then uh, in Malaysia, you can actually work with a diploma alone. So you can just take the diploma for three years. So the, the diploma in physiotherapy is three years. And uh, upon completion, you can um, be employed by anyone. I mean, as long as, uh, as long as you're employed by a physiotherapy center or even the hospitals. Um, but what they are changing in these two years is they want to minimize the number of diploma students to encourage them to take up the degree. So, yeah, so that's one of the reasons why I'm taking my degree now. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. So, um, so before the pre-university qualification, we have an exam called um, SPM, which is Sijil Pengajian Malaysia. Um, that is sort of like the exam before, uh, I think we'll call it as a leaving school exam because we need to um, complete that exam, the SPM, before um, moving on to pre-university studies. Yeah. For the SPM, you will have to be doing the three science subjects, physics, chemistry, and biology, and also um, maths and additional maths. So we have uh, maths and additional maths in Malaysia. So you will need to score a minimum of five credits. Um, normally, we have um, seven to eight subjects for the SPM. So you need to have a minimum of five credits, and three of them have to be the three science subjects. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's quite... Um, I would say difficult if you were to consider um, like because as um, STEM subjects, which means the science subjects like the engineering, mm. um, medical, and yeah. So you need to have quite a good grades to enter um, STEM subjects. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. really sounds really difficult. Um, personally, for me, I wasn't very good at all the sciences. Um, I was yep. okay at biology, but I wasn't great at physics or chemistry in school. And so I would not be able to do physio in Malaysia because I was not good at all of them. So it's really interesting how like over there, you guys have to like be pretty good at all the sciences. Whereas here, it's mainly just biology. Yeah, because um, in the diploma at N or the foundation or A-levels, we will have to do um, the three science subjects. Um before entering the degree. So you need to be good with your base in um, SPM in order not to fail in the uh, pre-university qualification. So we need to be good in all the sciences. Yeah. Yeah. Even though we don't use it for biology, but to make it fair for everyone who's taking science subjects, um, they need to be um, Mm. equal in a way. Yeah. And so (laughs) to get onto your diploma or degree, did you have to get like a certain grade or a certain percentage in exams to be able to get onto the course? Yeah, yeah. Um, for most universities, um, their minimum CGPA for diploma, or I'll, I'll say diploma first, um, diploma will be um, 2.75 and above, but preferably um, 3.0 for your CGPA. And um, if you were taking A-levels or STPM, mm-hmm. you will need to score a minimum of 2C plus in two science subjects or and above. Okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. 
And did you have to have an interview at all to get on the course, or was it just you get the grades and then you're on sort of thing? Um, I'm not sure about um, the rest, but most of my friends and the people that I know, uh, we didn't have to go through interview because um, there is not much people. I mean, I would say there is quite little interest in physiotherapy in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong, but yeah, that is what I, what I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yep. Um, and so what is the structure of your, I mean, you can talk about your diploma and the degree, but what is the structure of them in terms of like, how long are they? Um, does it involve practical and theory learning? Do you go on placements? Um, what kind of exams do you do? All right. Um, so um, for diploma, it will be three years in total. And um, degree will be four years. Mm-hmm. And um, it's practical and um, physical. I mean, not physical, like, um, what do you call that? Uh, we, we need to study and also do practical at the same time. So the, throughout the, the four, three or four years, we will need to study and uh, go for practicals mm-hmm. and placements. Yeah. Cool. And um, what kind of exams do you do? Do you do like essays, um, practical exams? Like how are you assessed throughout the throughout the time? Uh, okay. Um, do you mind if I tell a bit about what I went through in diploma? Yeah, go for it. Okay, it might be a bit long. That's okay. Uh, I think about five to ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I'll start. Um. I'm pretty sure it's going to be very weird for all the listeners um, because it was very weird for me also. Um, so uh, when I finished my uh, SPM, uh, I went uh, for foundation, but I didn't complete the foundation because I was offered another position. I mean, uh, another. I was offered a diploma place in another university. So uh, I went for the diploma instead because um, for foundation, you need to do a lot of uh, maths and things that are not related to physio. So that's why I preferred to do diploma instead because uh, diploma, you will be focusing more on physiotherapy instead. Yep. Um, so on the first day, I walked into the diploma uni. Uh, I would just call it as uni A because I'm not, very comfortable to say their name because it's quite a well-known name and I'm just scared that this, this might come back to me. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, University A, I mean, yeah, we call it University A. Um, so, the first day I walked into the first class, um, I thought that I was early to the class as there, there was only one student and one lecturer in the room. <laughs> but, yeah, but it turned out that there was only two students in the intake. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, I didn't, because um, it was quite a rush for me to change from the uni, because it was in a different place, uh, Mm -hmm. sort of like a different state. So I was quite rushing to move from the foundation uni to University A, because Mm -hmm. um, they give me like very little time. Um, So I didn't really check on like the students and anything else. Um, but I just continued with the university instead. Um, so, so the first semester was okay. Uh, like I studied well with the other student. So I'll call the student as um, B. 
yeah, the students are acquired as B. So uh, throughout the first semester, uh, B and I uh, did well in the subjects, uh, and we we became quite good friends. But uh, after the first semester, during the sem break, um, a lot of things changed. Um, so firstly, the uni A they announced that they were closing the phys- physiotherapy department oh. because. Yeah, because there was there wasn't anyone um applying for it, because in Malaysia there's um only two to three intakes for physiotherapy a year, mm. so they said they waited for um the May intake, sorry the January intake and the May intake. There was no one else applying for it, so they said they were going to close down the physiotherapy department. Um, but after some time, uh, they announced that they're not going to close down the department. But they will be closing down uh, any more, like there will be no more new application or no more new intakes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, B and I will be the last intake of Uni A for physiotherapy. Like any other course, they will go on as normal. But for physiotherapy, my batch will be the last. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, the second thing that happened was um, B found out that physiotherapy was not for him. So he dropped out of the course. Oh wow! So it was one to one. Yeah. So uh, it was one to one, and um, that my head lecturer actually sat me down and asked me, "Do I want to transfer to another university?" Because he thought it would be strange and difficult for me to study alone. But I felt that there was no need for that, as I already had um student loan. Because in Malaysia, we will get um student loan. Uh, if you have any financial difficulties, and I was glad to get the student loan, so I thought, why create more trouble? Mm-hmm. Um, I will just stay on at University A and complete because by then it was there was only like um two and a half years left, so it was, it was not much time. I can just you know study alone and yeah, got through go through it myself, and um, I would I had friends in. Um, other courses, like other subjects, like um, nursing and um, OT. Mm. And I'm already friends with the seniors uh, of my course, so yeah. I didn't feel alone. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and um, so for the next few semesters, so um, semester two, three, four, and five, uh, I will combine classes with seniors uh, for the classes that involve um, hands-on or like we need to practice uh, our hands-on skills, so I will do MS, neuro, um, cardio with them, and for the other classes, I will be doing one-to-one with my lecturer. Oh wow! Yeah, so uh, I so we will go through the syllabus quite fast because as it's just one-to-one, and then we would spend most of the time like um answering questions or like going through like research, and I did a lot of assignments so that um my marks will be similar as the seniors. Mm-hmm. Because I couldn't do like presentation or like group work, as I had no one to do with. Yeah, yeah so I course. did a lot of um, solo assignments. Yeah, and I didn't really mind that few semesters as I was busy with a part time job. So like you know, after school I can just go for my part time job and yeah, and I had friends in other courses and my seniors, so it was not a tough time for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really yeah. interesting. I can't believe that. 
I mean, that's crazy when you compare it to the UK because physio in the UK is like one of up there with the competitive degrees to get onto. And then where you are, like, it was just you. Um, I guess it, whilst it's, it was probably weird for you, as you say, I suppose it did have a lot, a lot of benefits as well. The fact that all, all you could get as much help as you wanted, you could go through the syllabus at your own pace. Um, yep. So I suppose it did have some silver linings, even though it probably wasn't what you were expecting. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, then, um, so semester six, seven, and eight will be my placements. Um, so, yeah, okay, do you have any questions for um, before placements? Like the no, you go diploma. on to placements. Yeah, yeah tell me about your placements. All right. Um, so um, in Malaysia, normally we will have um, four placements throughout the year, mm -hmm. uh, no matter diplom diploma or degree, we will have four placements. Um, yeah, um, Malaysia and Singapore have the same um, sort of syllabus, uh, where you will have clinical placements in year one, semester two. It will be a uh, four, weeks, um, such four weeks placement where you will be um, attached to uh, a center and you will be only be allowed to watch what they do. So you won't be doing anything, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's sort of like an observation placement. And then um, year two, SEM two, there will be one placement, normally um, for MS or Neuro. Mm -hmm. And then um, the whole of year three for Diploma. Uh, and whole of year four if you're doing degree. So the final year will normally be a whole year of placements. Oh, that's cool, the, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, you will, you will be in campus for some time, but mm. most of that year, you will be out for placements. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So did you have but to what... do placements in, like, all of the key areas? Like, did you have to do, like, a musculoskeletal one, a neuro one, a respiratory one, a cardiac one? Um, so um, normally, it will be divided into um, MS first and then um, cardio, which is CR. Mm -hmm. And then neuro will be the third. And then the fourth will be either sports or women's health or pits. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you do get a bit of variety. And are those, yeah. um, I'm not sure how the healthcare system works where you are, but were those placements like in private practices or in hospitals or what kind of setting? Mm, so um, for Malaysia, we have physiotherapists in almost every sector. So we have public sectors, which is the public hospitals, and um, private sector, which is the private hospitals, private clinics, um, and then there's also the sports. Um, for us, it will be the sports ministry. Uh, yeah, so quite so similar to here then. Some, yeah. students, some unis will be, yeah. Yeah, some students, some unis have attachment with the sports ministry. So they will be attaching or this placements with maybe the football club or badminton or like bowling mm -hmm. yeah but um, it's quite rare to get those opportunities mm -hmm. yeah um, so coming back to my diploma placements um, because of the way my syllabus for me was weird so they had to do my placements um, at the end of year two which is year two sem two and year two sem year three the whole of year three Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah. 
because instead instead of doing it per semester, I have to do it in a row. Yeah. 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 So um, the first um, placement, I did it alone at a private physio center called um, DBC Ipo. It's uh, a private clinic at um, Perak, which is um, to, it is in a state in Malaysia. Yeah. So that one was for MS. And my second placements were at a private, uh, public hospital at um, another state. Um, and that one, I did it with two seniors. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for the, uh, but as we know that we can never practice like, you know, the full, full specialty, like even though we said it as MS, we might not be able to fully practice MS cases only because the patient won't only have MS problems. Yeah. For both the um, first and second placement, I had to know everything. Because uh, we we have to treat uh, any issues that the patient may have, and um, for Malaysia, I mean in in Malaysia, um, in order to finish the placements, we would have to um, of course perform every day. Like we need to finish our tasks every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will need to go through um, one presentation and one OSCE of a random patient that the head physio or the Chief physio in the department would choose for us. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah, that would be the last, the final week um sort of assignment. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the placements, you the either the final week or the um second last week, your head of the department will give you a random case. Yeah. So uh, basically, you will have to assess the patient and you will have to treat the patient from day one, which which is like the day you receive the patient. Uh, of course, under supervision um, from the head physio or the yeah. any other physios yeah, that, that is free. Um, but they won't be um, giving any intervention. So you will need to prescribe, you will need to assess the patient and you will need to prescribe the treatment and give like, you know, um, home exercises and like basically the whole Yeah, all, all of yeah. the physio stuff. <laughs> Yeah. What and, um, um, can I just ask what yeah. um what kind of patient did you get when you had had your OSCE? So the first one I had a stroke patient. Okay. For the first the the one in Ipoh, yeah. and the second one uh was a patient who recovered from um uh, a lung um uh, what I forgot what you call that um basically that that they dissected a part of the lung because she was a smoker. Like a lobectomy. And that part of the lung. Yeah, yeah, lobectomy, yes. Yeah. Right, yes. Cool. So we had, I, I had to treat uh, and give her the exercises for lobectomy and, you know, like wound management and everything. Mm. Yeah. So that is my first case. I mean, that was the patient for the first and second placements. And um, normally you will have three to four rounds uh, with the patient. Mm-hmm. And you will need to, um, you know, assess and treat them. So basically, you are the 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 physios won't tell that you are a student physio. They will just say, okay, this is a a new physio, and he or she will be treating you. So the patient will feel comfortable and trust you to treat the patient. And um, unless you make like very bad mistake or like something that will affect the patient's health, um, they won't intervene in your treatment. Yeah, unless it's yeah. like unsafe. 
Yeah, I said yeah, correct. And um, so basically, after the, the two or three visits or um sessions with the patient, you will need to make a full presentation of your assessment, your treatment, and what are the future plans. So basically, you need to um pass on this patient to the physios. Yeah. Oh, so you're kind of doing like a case study, but a handover at the same time. Yes, correct. So you you will get the real life experience of assessing and treating the patient, and also um the hand handover of uh, because like even when we work in the real industry, we will need to hand over to our colleagues if you go for like holidays and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So you got to practice the handover. Yeah. So in terms of like when you when you finish your degree, um. Where can you, can you, how do you go about getting a job? Okay, um, yeah. Um, so do you want me to finish with the third placement or just continue with that? Go on to the job, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. So um, for the job, uh, we can work anywhere as a um, few other physios on your previous episode said. Um, you can choose to work in any specialties. So um, there's private, public and sports sectors. Yeah, so basically um, like anywhere me, that you've always, had placements. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah, yeah, any cool. placements, yep. Yeah. So um, for me, uh, I've always been involved in sports um, and I've always been involved in coaching. So I coach uh, my juniors for running events and taekwondo. Mm-hmm. So um, I would prefer or like to um, continue in the sports industry or sports specialty. Um, and combine physio and sport sports training like um, Queen Physio. Uh, he's a physio in Australia and he, he does um, physio work and also running um, oh, cool. training. Yeah, yeah. So I would, pref- I would prefer to continue in sports. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So how yeah. long? So you've only got one year left of your degree then? Uh, no. Uh, because I'm current, I finished my diploma. Yeah. And I actually um worked for for one month. Okay. But then um COVID happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had to stop working and um continue my degree because there was not much um job options available during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So um that's where I'm. I am now. I'm in my year three, third year of my degree. Okay. And yeah, yeah, so that kind of leads on to my last question really was how did COVID impact you? So you're saying that you had a job and then you had to stop and job, yeah. Go back. But in terms of like learning when you went back to do your degree, did they do like any online learning or could you go in person? Um so um we we were doing most uh, we were doing fully online classes um, mm-hmm. because uh, the, the uni for my degree is located in quite a bad place. Uh, I mean, like there's a high ca- uh, a lot of cases for um, COVID yeah. at that area. Yeah. yeah. So, so I can't travel from my how my home to, to that uni. Yeah, so yeah, would, of course. So uh, everyone had to do online learning. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so pretty similar to here then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Oh, great. Is there anything you'd like to add before we finish? Uh, just an advice for um, everyone. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, 
So, because uh, a lot of people ask me um, how to become a freelance physio or what to do after um, studies. So, um, my advice would be to um, volunteer or try to go for sports events and just, you know, uh, attend as much as, uh, as much of sports events as you can. As um, that is what I did. I went to volunteer for marathons, um, obstacle course events in Singapore, Australia, and of course, my country. Oh, wow. And that is where I got to meet, yeah, I got to meet a lot of um, people in the industry and also um, patients or like, you know, people who need help. So um, maybe you can get a few um, patients for your freelance work if you want to continue in freelance or even if you get like a full-time job, you still can bring those patients into your full-time job. Yeah, so that is my advice for anyone who's lost or don't know what to do after they graduate. Yeah. Oh, great. Thank you. It was great speaking with you, Justin. And thank you so much to all the other... (laughs) And thank you so much to all the other guest speakers that I've had on today's episode. Please look out on social media, on Instagram, at Bella underscore PhysiFit, and on Twitter and Facebook, at TPhysioCast, for further updates on the Student PhysioCast. Thank you for listening.